Welcome to the Good New Days. This is episode number three. And like always, we always tend to say we're excited and we are definitely excited for today's conversation and for today's episode. Um, but there's two things that I want to go ahead and I want to run by you. Number one, if you have not yet, make sure that you go check out our first two episodes. The first one is called It Is Good and the second one is Daddy Issues. So make sure you go ahead and do that. Like it, share it. Um, because there's some good content there, some good conversations that we know will bless you, um, but also bless someone that you know. And uh, today we, we do have um, some special conversation that we're going to have that um, we want you to make sure you do this. This is my second thing that I want to share with you. Make sure that you subscribe. Subscribe right now if you have not to this channel. Subscribe and make sure that you like. So hit that like button, like, 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 and comment throughout this whole show. Make sure that you comment. We'd love to uh, hear from you. We want to know what ministered to you. Um, ask questions. Um, go ahead and do whatever you have to do on this uh, comment section. Go ahead and do that and share. Share with everyone that you know because we know that today is going to be special. So can't wait. Uh, I'm excited. So I just want to go ahead and welcome Wanda, hey, who is with thank us. Thank you. Thank you. And Wanda is uh, coming from us all the way from Puerto Rico, yes. which makes it much more special. Yes. Yeah. From Puerto Rico to Miami. And, um, you know, the, the, the podcast is called The Good New Days. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we called it The Good New Days, as the Lord uh, impressed it upon our hearts, it's because, you know, there's that saying that everyone says, right? The good old days. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people live in the past and the good old days and, and, and they, they tell stories of the past and they yes. reminisce. And there's not necessarily anything bad with that. But sometimes people get stuck there and they can't mm -hmm. find better days for themselves Absolutely. now in the present. And, you know, with the years that we've had here in our world and even present, whether it's the pandemic, mm -hmm. um, now we're seeing UFOs and all these things. And then we're seeing the war in Ukraine and then this whole submarine thing that happened with the Titanic. There's just negative news mm -hmm. that's always bombarding us. If you turn on the television set, Absolutely. it's bad. It's just negative news, bad news on TV. It's very rare that you see good news being promoted, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. On our phones, we get alerts and it's just negative news. So what we want is for everyone that's watching is to remind them through the show that there's good new days yes. and that these are the good new days and that they would come to experience the Lord, encounter the Holy Spirit, and that they could have the kingdom of God become alive in them right here, right now, in their present moment so that they could live in the good new days. Yes. So since uh, I know you and I know your story, <clears throat> I know that the good new days is alive in you. It's alive in your heart. And um, we know that we wanted you to share and, and we wanted to have that conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for having me. No, we're, we're excited. So, you know, because of um, where you're at and, and what you've gone through, um, there's a main focus that I would love to kind of just start a conversation with. And it's answering God's call. Mm -hmm. And, you know, answering God's call for all of us may look a little different. Um, from the beginning when we say yes and even throughout the process of mm -hmm. what answering God's call may look like. But I know that's something uh, real to you and real yes. to your family. So we want to speak about that. And in our ministry, because we come from the same ministry, mm, yes. we come from the same council of churches. Sometimes we hear these stories of our pastors of how they answered God's call in their lives. Their yes, Lord, here I am, send me. That, that phrase, that yes, yes in them, when we hear some of these stories, it's just jaw-dropping. Mm -hmm. What some of our pastors, what some of our brothers and sisters that are part of our church family um, how it's looked like and where the Lord has taken them through this journey of ministry and of just walking with the Lord. And um, I know you're part of that. 
<laughs> and, and I know you have um, stories. You and your mm -hmm. husband have stories yes. to share on that. So I, I would love to start there okay. with answering God's call, um, the importance of that as we're going to focus on that. But how, how, how does that look like? How did that look like for you? Um, how does that look like for your family? Um, share a little bit about what that yes, Lord, looks like for you. Wow. So when I was about 14 years old, I went on my first mission trip to Dominican Republic in Haiti. I had just been saved for about two years, and I was brought up in New York with a very, um, you know, a good life. And I remember going to Haiti and just being impacted by the needs. Mm. And I came back home and I remember telling my dad, um, I want to just be a missionary. And of course he said, well, you need to study, you need to like, you can't just leave. We had just become new Christians. So throughout life, I did my, you know, my degree. I went into the corporate world. I met my husband um, and we were both in church serving God. But that need to serve him at a higher level or a more, I don't know, more intense level would never go away. And so once I was in the corporate world, I mean, I was really doing well. I, I was working at an electronic company, making mm. six digits at 30 years old wow. um, in Puerto Rico, which was a big deal, yeah. and working for corporate offices in the States. And my husband worked in a pharmaceutical company, also making lots of money. So between him and I, we were like super mm. well off. But we just felt that need to just give our lives to the Lord in a different way. Um, serving God, like you said, could be different for different people. But we just felt that we had to give out everything to the Lord. And so we battled with it for a few years, and nothing made us happy. We just felt like this is not what God has for us. And that about, I don't know, maybe after working in the corporate world at my early 30s, I said, Lord, here I am. You want to send somebody? Here I am. Yes, send oh. me. Yeah. And uh -huh. that's um, how it started. Um, we, we had done everything in church. So it wasn't like we weren't serving. We were serving at church. Yeah, you guys we were, were active We in were church, active. Serving. We were leaders. We were... Now, your church, where was it? It was in Puerto Rico? It was in Puerto, where, Rico, where in Puerto Rico. In Manatee. Oh. So, um, and, and Manatee is our, our first church ever planted. How many years ago? Ooh, this year, I believe it would be 45. 45 years ago, our yes. council started... Correct. At Manatee, Puerto Rico. So you guys were involved in that, the mother church. <laughs> I went to mother church. Um, yeah. that was, we, we got there 34 years ago to the mm. mother church. Um, and our pastor was the founding pastor of our yeah. council, Pastor David. Yeah. So we were under his you know, leadership. Wow. And we would hear his stories about how he gave up everything he had, his business or his, you know, his yeah. job, his career, to go serve the Lord in Puerto Rico on the mission field. And I had just come back from like a mission trip and I just like, wow, I want to serve the Lord. I want to serve the Lord. I want to give him everything I have all my life. Mm. And so we continued working at church and doing everything we could. So we were super active. It wasn't like we were, weren't doing anything, but we just couldn't get enough. Like We just couldn't get enough, yeah. enough of serving God. And we were making good money. We had everything we needed yeah. and we wanted more than what we needed. <laughs> we, yeah. Everything we wanted. We can get anything we wanted, but it just didn't make us satisfied. Yeah. And so we just had that hunger to serve the Lord in a different way. So you were in your 30s when, when, when that happened? Yes, in my 30s. Uh -huh. um, we had been married already for about 10 years. Um, we got married young, 
and we were serving the Lord. We met, my husband and I met as youth leaders wow. at a church. He had a calling in his life. I had a calling in my life. We knew we both had a yeah. calling. So single people start youth groups up in your church. Yes. You never know. You might find your... your Absolutely. <laughs> it's the best place. The best place yeah, to yeah. fish for a husband. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's where we started. And we met each other serving. We, we met serving. And we knew God had a calling in our life. And so we just didn't know how that looked. And how, you know. But I remember telling the Lord, um, I just kept hearing his calling constantly. Like, give your life to me, give your life to me, give your life to me. And I remember telling the Lord, here I am, here I am. I didn't know what that meant, but I knew he was calling me. And so I said, Lord, send me. And I remember one of the things that my husband and I, maybe it's been unique to us, is that we didn't tell the Lord, send me there or send me here. Some people have a place to go. Some people have like a dream, a vision or desire, a passion for i want to go to china i want to go to africa yeah we actually in our pursuit of the calling our life we told the lord um you know that verse psalm 2a that says ask of me and i will give you the nations has your inheritance yeah that's good um i will give you the ends of the earth has your procession so we felt that we asked the lord for the nations we said don't send me one place Send me to the end of the earth. We want that to be a possession. Uh, so your husband was in the same place, obviously, when, when you were getting stirred of, I know God's calling me. And, and it's interesting how you're describing that because you were already serving and you were involved and um, you were there serving even with Pastor David in the church. Um, but God was calling you guys to a greater, I, I think the word that I'm, that I'm thinking of is like a greater, uh, is there a greater sacrifice in you? Absolutely, yes. Is there a greater sacrifice? And to be willing, you and your husband, to say there's a greater sacrifice. Yes. Not just to go to the place or the destination of our liking, but Lord, there's a greater sacrifice in us. There's a yes, Lord, to wherever it is that you may send. Amen. And the children of God, you know, the scripture says, are, are as we're led by the Spirit, yes. you know. Um, I, I think that's, that's a, a very powerful thing, and not everyone understands that. Um, not everyone gets that. I, th I feel like sometimes we live in, and um, I'm, I, I love seminaries and I'm cool with mm -hmm. seminaries and I think people need to go to seminary Absolutely. if that's where they feel like, you know, they need to go and learn and, and get educated and, and all that stuff. Um, but I feel like, like sometimes we could come out of seminary and we go and we, could, we have this mindset of, yeah, our heart, it started mm -hmm. as our heart, um, our heart wanted to serve the Lord. Yes. And, um, and that's why I got into seminary because I wanted to study the word of God and I wanted to learn the word of God and all the theology and all the stuff that comes with and it. And it's good. And it's good. Um, but sometimes I could see how, oh, but then it's about filling up applications to get a job at a church. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and um, it's so important for those that feel called, whether they're in seminary, um, in the mission field, whatever it is, that they really just um, hear, from, hear from the Holy Spirit. Yes. And what does that look like to say, here I am, Lord. I'm willing to go wherever it is that you take me. And um, whether it's a, yeah. a place of beauty or, or a place of challenge. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, you mentioned Pastor David and his story is a blessing. Mm -hmm. And there's something about when someone starts to feed or minister their story, share their story. And there's something in us that says, I want that. Yes. I want to experience God at that place. And that's what it is. I mean... It's like, I want more from God. I yeah. want, you It's know, not that you want his life. Like, no. you don't want that other person's life. Like, oh, I wish I could do that. But when you hear someone say, like, 
I didn't have any food to eat that day. And I was serving God. And that day I had to say, Lord, like for example, we hear stories like this. We're serving you in a country that we do not know of. Mm -hmm. But you need to give us bread and water today. If not, we're not eating today. Mm -hmm. And miraculously, the Lord shows up. Amen. Somehow, someone drops off bread and water. Something yeah. happens. And those stories do something to the believer saying, I, I want to live. And I think this is what we're trying to explain for, the, for those that are listening. Yes. I want to live in faith like that. Yeah, it's that life of faith. Yeah. That it's not like you depend on your own strength. And your own talents, what you can do with when you have a career, you work, you make money, and you can live off of what you make. But living a life of faith is like dependent on God a hundred percent. And it's like, okay, Lord, I'm gonna be led by the Spirit. I'm gonna go where you want me to go, and I'm gonna expect you and wait for you yeah. to provide and show mm. me. And so it's like a different type of experience that I'm sure that. I mean, I'm not saying that everyone should leave their job because I know God calls people to do different things, but we felt that burning desire to just see God in a different way, to give our life completely to Him. Yeah. And um, it wasn't always easy, though. No. Rico, it wasn't always easy. I mean, even for Edgar and me, um, we got to the same point, but different avenues. Okay. He... Um, he, he wanted to serve the Lord. He wanted to do the ministry he wanted to follow him but at some point he got discouraged and that was something i had to work with too because mm. after we got married after we knew we had a calling in our life he thought like well maybe god is not calling me and he had doubts and so he kind of got involved in his hobbies and he had lots of money to do anything he wanted so he started taking like aviation classes okay. he bought a fishing boat he did scuba diving, yeah. and he's like, I got all this money. I can just, like, give myself a good life. Yeah. And he did. In the meanwhile, I was like, no, I'm staying focused. I know that's not what God wants for us. But even in the process, we found ourselves that it was two different ways. He had to kind of, like, experience it all to kind of say, you know what? I did everything, and I still know that God's calling me. Mm. And... Me, on the other hand, I was like, Lord, I know you're calling me. I know you're calling me. I know you're calling me. And I kind of had to wait it out for him to kind of refine his calling. So we actually spent about five years where wow. we didn't see eye to eye, even after we got married. Wow. After we had been already Yeah, so been it wasn't automatic. It, it was wasn't automatic. Process, so, you know, I, I want that to kind of yeah. also be seen that it's not as easy as, oh, the Lord called us and we said, yes, amen. And we went into ministry. Right. No, we kind of had to battle also yeah. through some marriage issues. Um, we had to kind of battle through it and just kind of find, make sure that he found his calling mm. for himself and I found my calling. Yeah, it's good. You know, so it's... I'm thinking about the disciples. They, they walk with Jesus. They've seen, they've done miracles with Jesus. Yes. From raising a dead man from feeding thousands of people with just a small amount of fish and, yes. and, and loaves Seeing of the bread. miracles. I mean, signs, wonders, and miracles. And then Jesus dies, you know, on the cross, but on his resurrection, he comes back to visit. Mm -hmm. And he finds his disciples back on their boats, and they're fishing again. Yes. They picked up their trade, and they're trying to figure out, like, okay, our, our Messiah's gone, our Master's gone, our Teacher's gone, yes. so I guess I got to go back to work. And they picked up their trade, 
And Jesus says, what are you all doing? Yes. What are you guys doing? You know? Yes. And, um, and that story is a great story, how, how he was showing them, I've already provided for you, and he already had fish mm-hmm. cooking for them Amen. at the shore. And it was, it was a moment for them to realize, like, no, I got I to gotta go back to this. I got to give my great sacrifice and my yes to the Lord and whatever it is, live, live by faith Amen. and trust that he's going to watch us through this. And thank God for that because... Amen. Um, here we are today because of the sacrifice of those men and, and look how, you know, how God is still, the ministry of the Lord is still moving forward. So since you and Edgar, you know, you battled for those five years and then you finally came to that place where both of you said, Lord, we want to be used. We want to say yes to the calling. Yes. Walk us through like how that looked like. Where did it go from there? Where did you guys start? Where did the Lord send you? Because you didn't have a destination. Nope. I mean, in your sight, God did. Of course. So what, what, how, what, what was that? Like, talk to me first off, like, about that journey. Okay. And then we could talk about some stories, like some highs. Yeah. And some, if you want to call them lows. Maybe they're not lows, but they're um, learning. They're failures so that we could um, grow and mature in or failures. Amen. You know, so, but we could discuss some of that. All right. Um, well, you know, once we both got to the point where we knew that we were ready and we were both at the same page, we're like, okay, we're ready to give it all up for the Lord. Yeah. Like, we were willing to sell a house, sell our boats, sell our good luxury cars, give out our jobs. Um, you know, I think Edgar was the first one to, he, he was the first one that he said, okay, you know what, I've been waiting five years. I kind of got discouraged. I thought that God didn't have a calling. He actually was on a fishing trip. His boat capsized wow. miles out in the ocean. And there actually the Lord told him, I'm not, I didn't make you. A fisherman to fish fishes but to fish men wow and that was actually one of his turning points and he's like okay lord yes amen i'm gonna go serve you so that's actually when he when god saved him from that place 22 years ago from that accident wow that's how he came to the lord and said okay i'm ready to serve you and so he actually went to his job and resigned like immediately he just resigned and I said to him, are you crazy? Because although I knew, but I, I'm more of a planner. So I wanted to plan out our, how we were going to go into ministry. I can see that, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and he was like, the Lord called me. I know this is him. He went to his job. He put a resignation on Monday. The next day he's at church and he says to the pastors, I'm here ready to serve. What do you need me to do? Amazing. That's what he did, literally. Yeah. So it took me a few more years for me to kind of really like, so he started working at church in Puerto Rico, Manati, for a few years, two or three years, while I was still in the corporate world, and I was kind of like making sure, like, okay, are we ready to really do this? But anyway, but when I said yes, we already had Genesis, who's our oldest daughter. She's a, she was a year old at that point. And another side story is I couldn't have children for 12 years, and then God blesses me with Genesis. And people would say to me, now that you can give your daughter yes. anything she money, wants, you have money, raise your daughter. you can raise your daughter. Yes. I mean, for 12 years, you prayed for this miracle. God blessed you. And now you're going to give up your career to take her where? To give her what? And um, they all had very valid points. Yeah. And logically thinking, yes, that's the, I think that's what I should have done, logically speaking. But Edgar and I decided that if God gave us that blessing after so many years he did that miracle, we couldn't use that blessing as an excuse. 
So we said, no, look, we're going to put her on the altar. And I remember those were the words. And um, our pastor told us, if you're going to do this, you got to put her on the altar. And um, so when we finally said yes to the Lord, it wasn't just Edgar and me anymore. That was Edgar, me, and Genesis, who was a year old. And um, we said, yes, Lord, we're going to do this. We're not going to use this as an excuse. We're going to move forward. And so at that point, I went and resigned. Um, I remember my manager telling me, are you crazy? Yeah. He goes, Wanda, people are like dying to have the job that you have. You have such a prestigious, high-ranking job within Mm. this company. At your age, I mean, you're just starting. You're at the peak of your career. I I think at that point I was 32 years old. And he's like, "Uh, what are you doing? He's like, rethink this. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm, this is what we're doing. So I resigned. Um, we were shipped to, I say shipped, we were sent to, yeah. <laughs> we were sent to Ohio. Um, that's uh-huh. where, you know, our council, as yeah. you know, had a training center. So I'm, I'm going to pause you right there. So, so you're going to go to Ohio. And for those that are, are listening, you know, you said you put your daughter on the altar. Yes. And, you know, that's a, that's a powerful term. Yes. And um, someone may be watching this like, what is that? You oh, know? yes what kind of satanic cultish thing <laughs> is putting a child on an altar yes <laughs> and uh, we want them to know that that what that means for a believer is it's not that they literally put a child to the altar absolutely but they've surrendered their daughter to the lord as well saying lord i know that 12 years barren yes i know that you gave us this child yes but now we're gonna say lord yes we're gonna answer the call upon our lives and our daughter's come, coming with us because she's yours. Absolutely. We dedicate her back to you. Absolutely. We surrender her back to you. So it's your will in her life as well. We're, we, we're going to exit what may seem a life of logic, a life of comfort, mm-hmm. making money. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. But we know that you are calling us right now f- to something that may look different. Than every, our friends, our family, my, our coworkers, my mm-hmm. boss may not understand it. But I know that. Lord, you understand it. Yes. The spirit in me is saying, do it. Um, and, and that's very powerful, you know, for, for people to see that because I feel like sometimes we're scared. Mm-hmm. We fear. We do. Like we say, like, if I take this step of faith, like what happens to my family? I've been there. Yes. You know, like what happens to my family? And we'll never know. Yes. And the only way you'll know is if you place yourself on the altar, your kids on the altar, if you really just sacrifice and say, Lord, I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm going to do what is to the world's eyes, the world standard. It's unreasonable. It's just doesn't make any sense at all. And I'm going to go for it. And I'm, and I'm going to trust that on the other side of my faith, there's a God that provides. Amen. Amen. And, and I think it's that calling that we're here on this earth, that what you're describing, you and your family. You're here on this earth. You're living on this earth. But there's something inside of you that has come to realize that though I'm here, I'm not from here. Yes, there's my, a higher yeah, purpose. My citizenship is for the kingdom of heaven. Amen. So whatever it's calling me to operate in, I'm going to do it, even if it doesn't make sense. When I resigned from my job, I had just gotten a job. I just got hired. Wow. And when I went to my principal, I just got a job as a teacher, and they just hired me. I worked there for one year. Halfway through that school year, I said, I'm not coming back next year. Wow. And she said, What? What do you mean? I just hired you. You did your internship. 
And I said, I'm leaving to Ohio. <laughs> and I'm going to answer God's call in my Amen. life. And at that time, same thing. I thought I was never going to come back even here. My, I, I packed up a Volvo, mm-hmm. thinking I was going to be shipped. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to be sent out <laughs> yes. to wherever it was that the Lord. And at one point I did. one point I almost stayed at Ohio. one point there was different things. And um, it's just like on the other side yeah. of faith, God answers. Amen. So here's your family. You go to the training center in Ohio. And um, where did that send you from there? Well, when we got to Ohio, just a little, you know, even there, once we were there, we even started doubting. At least I started doubting. I'm like, Lord, did I make the right decision? Did I, was, was this correct? You know, because you start starting to see the lack of what you left behind, you know, like everything mm-hmm. you left behind. And I remember something that's important is because I think that although I made, I took the step of faith, yeah. I think I still wasn't completely convinced that God was going to help us get through this. And one night in the training center. Um, I'm laughing because we all have training center <laughs> stories. Yes. And it's almost like we, we're part of a, um, what's that called? Like a, uh, like, like you know, a like little league group? No, like a fraternity, you know, like a <laughs> yes, fraternity. Yes, of, like a fraternity. A, a group of people that, that could, um, that have stories to share of that training center. Yes. So it's, I'm just laughing. Because you can relate. You, you can know, relate. Yeah. You can understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. But I remember one night. I, w- I got up and I was just crying mm. because what happened was that my manager three months into me being at the training center called me and said, hey, Wanda, I'm resigning and you can come back and take my job. And they were offering me like 50% more than I was making when I left. And he says, it's your job. Just say yes. So I had, a, you know, I had to make a decision. And at that point, I had to say to the Lord, yes, again, in a different way. And so wow. here I am in Ohio and... Yeah. I get this offer and to go back and at a higher position. And I remember crying that night to the Lord and saying, Lord, are you sure that you called me? Like, are you sure that this is what you want me to do? Give up my life to live this life of faith and just Mm. depend on you. And um, Rigo, the most powerful thing happened to me in the middle of that prayer, crying. I was weeping in the middle of the living room there in the training center, you probably remember, like, mm-hmm. you know, right? Looking out yeah. those windows. And, I have a story about those windows. And but, so yeah. there, the Lord gave me a verse. Wow. And, you know, and said, hey, whoever tries to hang on to their life, whoever tries to save their life will lose or it. Or lose it, yeah. But he that loses his life we'll for my sake will save it, yeah. will gain it. Yeah. And at that moment, I feel that that's where I really, my life just really turned around. Mm-hmm. And I said to the Lord, I'm willing to lose my life. Wow. I'm willing to give up my life the way I know it. Yeah. I'm willing to not hang on to my life. So mm. even when I was there, I had to once again give up my life. And I think that all happens to us. There's so many times in our life that we make a decision to serve him, to follow him, to surrender ourselves. But that's not the only time you have to do it. There'd be more opportunities where you got to, again, go back to your decision. Hmm. and say lord yes again yeah, yeah there's th- i believe that yeah because i've experienced that where there's he's calling another yes out of you or a deeper yes out a of deeper you. yes or a different yes mm-hmm. but so my story is that that's how it looked for me like i had to again say yes to yeah. the lord even while i already had said yes the first time yeah. so that was you know it, it was one of those moments but it was a turning point yeah it was yeah. a turning point in my life because yeah. that verse became the verse i lived by and said when, when people say, how do you put your daughter, how do you t- 
take her out of the comfortable life you couldn't give you could have given her and how do you just sacrifice mm. and many times i doubted myself throughout throughout the years raising my daughter and then i had a second daughter while we were there in ohio we had a second daughter so we have abigail yeah. who just turned 18 this week um many times as we were raising them i thought to myself did i make the right decision yep did i you know did we make the right decision yeah um because maybe they haven't had everything they've wanted. They have everything they need because God's been good. Yes. But they and might not have had that luxury that other kids had. Yeah. But what's beautiful is to see them now worshiping. Like you sent me a, 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 a YouTube. Yes. That your daughter's leading worship with the band. Yes. And your kids are both involved in, in ministry, in missions. Yes. In church, <clears throat> in church ministry work. Absolutely. And we'll talk about that. <clears throat> but that's that's that legacy and it's that it's that yes that started some years back absolutely from you and edgar saying lord yes and the lord says watch this watch how i'll take care of your daughters amen and you know when you see the fruit of that then you're like okay i made the right decision i did absolutely. the right thing I, I am hearing from god absolutely you know you're and and it's not just you guys there's a there's a few other people that that i know and i know that you know as well um within our council and even outside people mm -hmm. from different people that are called um into ministry I think that your story, like some of their stories, is, is intriguing and it's interesting because sometimes like we start a church, right? Yes. And then we have like this vision for our church and some people stay in that church for 10, 15, 20, they, they, they just grow old in that church mm -hmm. and they have to um, either implement new leadership and bring in new leadership to kind of take, um, take um, the reins after them and mm -hmm. to lead that church or to plant another pastor there. Um, or sometimes when they die, it's sad when we see that that church dies as well with them. Yes. Um, but what is interesting about your story and your heart and Edgar's and what God's called you guys to, and, and you could correct me if I'm wrong or you could maybe um, um, explain a little bit better, but I've seen this in others as well. It's that you didn't go just to start a church and stay at that church. Mm -mm. But I've seen how God's called you to the church. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, it's not one soul church. Yes. That in, in your ministry, and I say yours, but in your family's ministry and mm -hmm. Edgar's ministry, I've seen how God's called you and your family to just pastor his church. Yes. Yes. And, and for you guys, that's been a church in Ohio, a church in Honduras, a church in California, California. Um, San Diego, right? Yes. San Diego, Honduras, um, Puerto Rico, yes. or a few in Puerto Rico, I'm yes. not sure. A few in Puerto Rico. So some, some five, six yeah we, places yeah we've yeah. been so you've had the opportunity the privilege the honor to pastor at six or more churches um, because there was a need there because how the lord you know you were you were willing to say yes and you weren't uh, i mean it's amazing and and i've seen how god's used you guys in all those places and 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 how their stories in all those places yeah. um can you i don't know like share with us like maybe from one of those locations or from, I don't know, something from each one. I don't know, just something that sticks out from the calling of God um, of, of maybe some difficulties of some, hey, this is what, this is what the calling of God looks like at times. And, and then yeah, we, could, we, you could, yeah. we could also have to talk about like, and this is also what the calling of God looks like. Yes. Because there is a bitterness of it and there's sweet. Like in our church recently, we had like a passing of someone that we loved. Mm-hmm. And in our church, that was hard, and of that was course. bitter, and we loved that person. Mm -hmm. And when or when someone leaves, 
we love that person and we love that family or we love those people or whatever it is. And there's bitter moments, there's hard moments, there's difficult moments in the calling of God. Yes. But then there's also these joys. Yeah, absolutely. And there's also these benefits and these rewards. Absolutely, yes. That you're like, okay, thank God for these things. And um, so it's not like as in the calling, we, 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 we can't stay negative and always just talk about, oh, look how hard it's been because there's so much good. So much that good. That outweighs the, the things. And it's not bad, but that no. outweighs the difficulties. Mm-hmm. And uh, so start, let's start with that. You know, it's like when I tell my kid, you want good news first or the bad news? They always say the bad news. <laughs> so what's the bad news of the calling of God? Give us some bad news. But we know uh, it's difficulties. Give us, like, this is what the calling of God looks like. It's not always um, cookie cutter, beautiful. Hey, this is, sometimes it looks like this. Yeah, well, a- you know, I think you expressed it correctly. And like, for us, at least for us, ministry has been different. Um, I think, like you said, many come into the ministry, they start a church, they expand, they grow. Some of them, you know, many pastors live there forever and they pass it on to somebody else. For In our case, I don't know if it's because the prayer that we prayed, like I mentioned, we never told the Lord, send us to one place. We said, Lord, we will go where the need is. We're willing mm. to go anywhere. Send us anywhere you need us. And I think that's just something God put in our hearts to be flexible yeah to do whatever he needed us to do unfortunately i mean it's not unfortunate i mean it's just the way god he takes <laughs> he takes our work seriously yeah, yeah. and he uses it for his advantage and for the advantage of the kingdom but what that meant for us was that he took us to ohio and then we <laughs> pastored there for a few years and we're like okay that was great because you got it was, settled i'm liking it i like it it, it and feels comfortable says, yeah, I want to talk to you about something. and um although edgar would say differently because he didn't speak english that's true and so he had to learn english yeah. to be able to pastor the church um and there's no puerto rican food and there's no puerto rican food we're the only latinos in that country you know in that town but from there god calls us to san diego and we're like yeah san diego is a big city everyone loves san diego yeah. so we're pretty excited about going to san diego and god like you know how that that verse that says that he seduces us to the wilderness. Mm. He speaks softly to our ears and seduces us. So what he did was he seduced us to San Diego because it was like, okay, Latinos is a big city. We're we're leaving a small town behind. We're going to be able to plant this church, open it up, grow it. We're going to live in San Diego. And we get there and we find all the challenges that comes with opening a church and second of all, um, we ran into the dark parts of San Diego. Unfortunately, the people we met, the people that got saved, that we started a church with, one of the, our first member who got saved, her husband, her estranged husband, um, kidnapped her and murdered her. Wow. And that was a very difficult situation for us where we're starting a church and the first lady we meet who gets saved gets murdered. Gets murdered. And what that does is our church became a different church. What happened was we became the chaplains of the San Diego Police Department. Wow. We became the chaplains of Crime Stoppers. And we they started calling us the pastors of the city. Um because anytime there was a need, someone unfortunately lost their life because of murder and there was a lot of latinos and we spoke spanish um they would call us to go minister to those families Mm. 
because they needed someone to speak Spanish. They needed someone to help them get through this difficult situation. So in spite of San Diego being such a big city, beautiful city, um, we saw the dark part of San Diego. Right. We did ministry and we pastored the people that had that were going through crisis. So ministry in San Diego looked really different for us. It was not the Sunday to Sunday service. Right. It was going out and ministering to these people that probably would have never got to a church because they were so hurt. So for us, ministry was different. Wow. And those were one of the challenges. And we we say wilderness because to our standards, it would have been easier to just have a church and minister to the people that would come with their kids and yeah. do Sunday school and do VBS and yeah. minister to the ladies and have like, you know, I don't know, Saturday breakfast with them. Yeah. But that's not what our ministry was in yeah. San Diego. Our ministry became to those that would, you know, one story, Ego was a chaplain also at the Children's Hospital of San Diego. And he met a young boy at 15 years old who died of cancer. We were ministering to the family because they were just, I mean, Mexican descendant. They were kind of, they were desperate. And nine months later, the second child, the only child they had left, died of cancer. Jeez. Nine months later. Can you imagine this couple lost both of their kids within nine months from each other? And we had to minister to them. And that was our, those were the members of our church. Mm the family that had lost everything. And so that was a challenge. That yeah. was a challenge um, in San Diego. And we spent about five years there. And while we were there, um, then we got a call <laughs> that they need us in Honduras. Nice. And although it wasn't easy, San Diego wasn't easy, my girls were comfortable. You know, ministry wasn't easy, but my girls yeah. were comfortable. And you know, they're in the states. They're in the states. And it's and in their minds, you know, it's better here. You tend you tend us to go to Honduras. Yes. Well, the girls were like in one of the best school districts right. in San Diego. Um, we lived in a nice neighborhood. In spite of us doing ministry, you know, it's a difficult situation. Yeah. Our personal life was, yeah, good. You know, they were my daughters were comfortable. Yeah. And talking about you know, putting the girls on the altar that we said earlier, sacrificing. I remember when we got the call to go to Honduras, and we said, what? I remember I said that. <laughs> I said, you want me to take my girls where? Yeah. To Honduras? At that moment, Honduras was the most dangerous country in the world that was not in war. And so dangerous, like 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 gang because of crime okay. and gangs and murder and kidnappings wow. and. So it's like, you know, the the streets, uh, the hurt, the need in um, San Diego. Then you see, oh no, look at Honduras. I'm thinking about Luke 14 when the Lord says, you know, go to the highways, the byways, and compel them to come. Come. And it's almost like that's what your ministry looked like. It was, yes. hey, go to the place where there's that need, yes. where the outcast is, where the hurt is, and. And you take the church to them and let them come from, yes. from that way. Not just, hey, shine this light and hopefully you attract the bugs, you attract, you know, but yes. it was vice versa, which is powerful. Yeah. It's, so I, I remember telling the Lord at that moment, no, I'm not taking my girls yeah. to Honduras. No, we're staying right here. We're staying right here. Yeah. So that's why I said earlier, like, you got to keep saying yes, yeah. Lord. 
And I remembered, um, actually, my pastor calls me one day. He goes, hey, did you forget what you said, that you were going to put your daughter on the altar and sacrifice? Hmm. And I was like, did you pick her? Did you pick her up from the altar? Yeah, exactly. That's what he said. He said, "I think you need to put, put her back her, down." I think you need to put her back on the altar yeah. again. And I was like, oh. "That's hard." No, it's hard. It's hard. We're joking, but it's hard. It's serious. It's serious. Yeah. So now you know I can give my daughters a better life in San Diego. Right. At that moment, they were six and nine. Now they know. When she was one, she had no idea what's happening. But now my daughters know what's happening. Um, but you know, one of the I think one of the key things is that. When we're seeking God, praying, asking God, is this you? Do you want us to go? Um, I think our daughters ask us, Mom, are we, like, you know, Mom, Dad, are we going to Honduras? Mm. And Edgar told the girls, well, if the Lord says it, we're going to say yes. So we had a few days where we were going to go to, like, a, a conference. And we told them when we get back, we'll let you know. We're praying. We're asking God to answer. Yeah. And I remember coming back from the conference, and it was in Puerto Rico, one of our conventions, and we go back, and the girls had stayed back with a friend. And when we got there, the first thing my daughter said, um, I think it was Genesis, our oldest said, Mom, what did God say? So at that age already, she knew that if God said it, we're doing it. We're doing it. And um, we said, the Lord said, yes, go to Honduras. And so she looked at Abigail, who was six, and she said, we better start packing. If the Lord said yes, we better start packing. We're leaving. Um, wow. You know, it's powerful to, at that age that they can see that we take it that serious. Um, and it's serious to them. Yes, you know. Um, and I think that's important because we need to show our kids, we need to show the next generation what it is to sacrifice for the Lord. Yeah. what it is to say yes to the Lord, um, what it is to follow him with all your heart, your soul, your passion, your strength, yeah. no matter the sacrifices that it takes, you know? Yeah. And, um, and because we said yes, we ended up in Honduras three months later. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we got to Honduras. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So... Is, is that the church? We went one time on a missions trip. and we Absolutely, yeah. yes. That's Beautiful the church. Beautiful church. Beautiful church. Beautiful yes. people. Beautiful people. Wow. And um, how many years were you in San Diego? You said three years? No. Five years. Five years. And then Ohio before that was? Um, about three years. Wow. And mm -hmm. then now you're in Honduras. Now we're in Honduras. Yeah. And, um, you know, we never visited Honduras before we moved there. People said, "Are you going to so go spy did, the you land?" Did, you, you did. You did what? A, you did Abraham. You we, we listen, went to a land that, again. Yeah. We sold our house. Again, we sold our cars. Wow. Again, we gave everything up, just like in Puerto Rico. We gave it all up again, and we packed. I remember we each had a backpack, one luggage, and we told the girls, "You each can pick one thing you can take with you, and that's it." I remember the story. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. I said, "That's all that can fit in your luggage." And they're like, Mom, where are we going to sleep? Where are we going? Where are we going to live? I don't know. But God said, go, we're going. Yeah. And, um, you know, Edgar. Yeah, Edgar and I said, we're going. God said, and people said to Edgar, aren't you going to go? At least you go and check. He goes, listen, if God said yes, we're, he has this. Wow. This is the life of faith. We're going to go. And um, we left. We left San Diego. Wow. So... 
talk to me about how the Lord's opened up doors from you. I mean, yes, open up doors that you're going now to like Honduras and, but what are, what are some ways that this has brought a growth and has brought, uh, maturity and growth and i mean now we see your daughters and maybe that's one of the ways mm-hmm. um transformation in in your family by just the calling of god and, and saying yes to it and walking that calling like talk to me about that transformation talk to me about like hey you know this is the reason why it's the best thing i've ever done this is what god's done in my life this is what god's done in my husband this is what god's done Amen. i mean i've heard crazy stories from from edgar i remember there was a story like i don't know there was there was like gangs and I don't know if this was Edgar, if this was one of our other pastors, but you were in your house and then they were surrounding, I don't know if it was. We were ambushed yeah, in you Honduras. Were, you guys were ambushed. We were ambushed. <laughs> I mean, we were ambushed. We were, oh, um, come yeah. Come and answer God's call. You may get ambushed. And, exactly, um, <laughs> exactly. You know, the daughters, we were six, the, you know, the girls wow. were six and nine. They were young and they were, um, we were on the way home and we all of a sudden saw a car following us and no we way. made a few turns and we thought, no, maybe it's not, we're just, you know, maybe we're just thinking it's something's happening, but nothing's happening. But as we were approaching our home, there was a car waiting for us in front of the house, and there was a car behind us that had been following us for a while. And so Edgar had to kind of get, you know, I mean, thank goodness for his driving skills and God's protection overall. I remember him telling the girls, duck. They threw themselves on the floor, and we just kind of made it through and, and survived and Broke loose from the ambush. Why would they want to ambush you guys? We had just gotten to Honduras about a month before, and it seemed like... Were you a threat to, like, their... I, I think they just thought we were Americans. Maybe we have money. Mm. Um, we had just purchased a car. You know, in, in Honduras, these, in Central America, pretty much, these gangs, they kind of kidnap people and they ask for ransom money. Um, we've heard stories of other pastors whose kids got kidnapped. And then they went and asked for money, missionary kids also. So it was a real danger. I mean, we, it was a real danger. The five years we lived in Honduras, that was one occasion. A second occasion, um, the family behind us, of the house behind us, um, there was three daughters. They were raped, and the brother was murdered, and his body was thrown on the church property. And we woke up to that news. And I remember my daughters being kind of the same age as the girls that were raped behind the house. It's such a sad story, but I remember that day. And these are the people that you have to lead and pastor. And, and these are the people we love and, and, love we, and, and we want to serve. And Wow, man. But sad. I, I remember telling that that day, I, that day I said to the Lord, that's it. I'm giving up. I'm leaving. I, I remember telling Edgar, you can stay. You can finish up whatever you need to finish up, but I'm leaving. I'm taking my girls and I'm leaving. Um, and in that time of just prayer with the Lord and saying to God, God, I've served you. I've said yes. I've, I've answered the, you know, I've given up my life to serve you. How is it that we're now in this danger, you know, like, Hmm. um, but God gave me such a powerful lesson that day. And I remember him saying, if you're in my perfect will, you're in the safest place you can be. Right. And so, uh, that day I said to the Lord, I know that I'm in your will. So I said, I'm going to trust your, I'm going to trust your protection. And I must say, nothing has happened. Nothing happened to yeah, us. And yeah, we, yeah. we survived. We yeah. Yes, we continue serving yeah. the Lord with joy. Yeah. And I think what's happened is that our daughters, to answer your question, have lived this life of challenges, 
but a blessing with us. Yeah. They have lived it with us. And they've us. experienced like we know God's real. Exactly. Exactly. They have they weren't just they haven't just been taught. Hey, this is what our parents have taught us, this is what the church has taught us. Mm-hmm. But this is what our experiences have shown us and taught us. Correct. Which is something totally different. Absolutely. And and you asked the question about how the transformation and to mm-hmm. answer the question, today I can go back and say, Thank you, Lord, that we did say yes to you. Yeah. Thank you that we did teach our daughters with our life to follow you. Mm. And, and I think the moment that I realized that was about a year ago, we were on a mission trip, Genesis, my oldest daughter was with me. And there's a couple who's kind of stepping into that same role where they were mm-hmm. leaving their job and they're pastors in Puerto Rico now. And they have a son who was like 10 years old. And she said to me, but I'm not sure that I can leave my job. and <laughs> I'm not sure I can do this. And, and she said to me, because I have a son, and, and I, I need to make sure that he can live a good yeah. life. And I remember looking at Genesis and saying, you know what? I'm going to let her answer. And I said, Genesis, come here. Can you give her your experience? How do you feel being a pastor's kid? How do you feel being a missionary's kid? How do you feel? Did we give you the life that you wanted? And the words that she used were powerful. Mm. She said to this pastor, uh, my parents didn't give us everything we wanted. They could have if they kept their jobs. Mm. But we got everything we needed. We never lacked anything. And she said, and they taught me to live a life of faith. They taught me to depend on God the and most not important thing, yeah. on their own strength. Yeah. And she said, that's why I depend on God and I love wow. God. Wow. And she said, maybe if I have received everything I wanted, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Yeah, that's good. It's good. So, you know, I think that was advice. powerful yeah. to hear it from her voice, yeah. from yeah. her mouth, yeah. how God has shaped her life of faith. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's powerful. And, you know, you said something. You, you spoke about mission, you know, as pastors and as missionaries. And, and that's what you guys have walked into. It's, it's, a, it's a missionary pastors, you yes. know, you're, where you, it's pastors with a missionary heart. Yes. And, um, and I think our, our, our council trains pastors in that way to have missionary hearts Absolutely. and stuff like that. Um, but that mission field and, and, and being a missionary is very dear to your heart. As I know now, the Lord's opened up doors, and um, and you're helping lead uh, missions. Absolutely. You're leading missions in your church. You're leading missions as well in our council, in our fellowship of churches. Um, what's going on with the mission field and um, missions? Because you know everything's a mission. My next door neighbor's part of the mission field, right? My job is part of the mission field. Absolutely. But you guys have done such an amazing work where you've taken it to different countries, and um, and you know with working with other people just you know you're reaching the need and you're and, yes. and when something happens if there's an earthquake if there's a storm if there's you guys are there and you're in the forefront and you're mm-hmm. serving so so uh, i think this is a good transition you know, to to just the mission aspect of your calling and of edgar's calling of your family's calling um how how, how, how is that looking like right now and, and what's your role and what's happening in the mission field when it comes to our fellowship and with you personally yes so has, you know, we've been now in full-time ministry for 19 years, but in the last at least year and a half, I mean, I, we began seeing a transition, mm. but in the last year and a half, we've been now totally focused 
on we're no longer senior pastors mm -hmm. um, of a church, but we work with um, Pastor Rafi and his yeah. church. And and what what's happened? What's been really interesting is that we've been able to focus on missions. And what that looks like is the flexibility to say yes, Lord, when there's a need, like an earthquake, a yeah. hurricane. And the reason I think that's dear to our heart is we feel there's, people are very sensitive to mm. when they have a need. Um, there's different ways to show God's love. You can preach it, right. but you can also show it. And there's, some, there's something powerful about you serving people when they're in need and tell them God loves you. Yeah. And as we continue to do missions, I mean, mission comes from the word, the Latin word to send. And so we feel God is sending us to the hurt, sending us to where the need is, to preach the gospel to the brokenhearted, to the people that might not see God unless someone comes and serves them in a different way. Yeah. So it's a different way of serving. Um, and in the concilio, in our council, we also want to make sure that the next generation and the churches, I think something happens in the hearts of people where there's a passion and desire to serve God yeah. at a more intense level when you're on a mission field. And even if they're not gonna be full-time missionaries, I just think there's a fire that starts yeah. to burn. And when you take a person out of their comfort zone. Yeah, because that's what you guys do. You do the short-term mission, whether exactly. it's a week long or whatever, and you take them out of their church, out of their city. Out of the comfort. Out of the comfort to go serve. And, and that go, might spark something. That yeah. might stir something. In and them. they see. They see the world in a different way. Yeah. They see the need. They see who. They're like, wow, there's people that have needs in a different way than yeah. we do. And I think something gets stirred up there, and God just uses it mm -hmm. to be able to go and share the gospel, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, we're here to heal the brokenhearted, yeah. yeah. and there's different ways, you know, to do yeah. it. And I think we see that God is calling us to continue putting that passion mm -hmm. and making sure that spreads to yeah. the next generation. We don't want to lose our DNA, yeah. you know, our counsel. Like you said, we yeah. have all been trained to be missionaries and have a mission heart, but we felt at some point that we were kind of losing it. We felt like, yeah. Everyone's getting very established in their own little place, and that's mm -hmm. not bad. But there's also needs, and there's also places that still need to hear the gospel. Yeah. And we want to advance this kingdom to wherever the need is. And yeah. there are people that need to hear the gospel. Yeah. No, and I want to encourage you because, you know, as you're sharing your vision for missions, as it continues to go forward, you know, to bring the next generation in. And I've seen that. I've seen how, how like, the next generation has stepped up, right? into leadership Absolutely. even um i've seen like how youth from churches Absolutely. have gone on these mission trips and now they have a heart for missions and they're getting involved with it, whether it's within their own local church in their own church doing yeah. missions um and even in our fellowship and it's such a cool thing because you're seeing like okay it's growing and it's growing in the hearts of the young people Absolutely, and that's good because as as we get older as this generation grows we're seeing that it's being sparked it's being it's being stirred in the next one that they could follow our steps, they take it steps. and take it where we could only dream of, you know? Yeah. I mean, I pray and believe yeah, and know good. that they're going to take it to a whole different yeah. level and do greater things yeah. than what we did. I think so. I think this next generation, when they come all in for the Lord, I think it's going to be different just because of what they're growing up in. Yes. Uh, just, just look at the world that this next generation is growing up in. So when they, when they say yes and they do missions, 
I mean, I can't even imagine what it's going to look it's like. Gonna, to me, it's going to look radical. I yeah, think it's, it's going to be, be. I think it's going to be extremely radical. It's yes. just, yeah. So I, I'm just excited to see that. I know. I know you're you're leading a couple of missions um soon. I know yes. you're even doing one to Colombia soon. We're doing one to Colombia next yeah. month. We ha- we're taking a team of 50 people yes. to Colombia, and um, we're really excited. We'll be able to minister in prisons, elders' home, on the streets. Um, to single moms, yeah. um, a juvie a um, prison. We're yeah, going to, so it's going to be powerful. So share, share with uh, whoever's watching, like, you know, who you guys are. I know it's, it's not just you. It's a team that is part of this. But uh, um, obviously we're talking about Hands of God. Yes, absolutely. And um, we'll put in the bottom of this the link where maybe, maybe someone feels like, I want to give to missions. I want to be part of what you guys are doing. Um, so, so just share pretty much like, uh, what, like something quick, like of what you guys are doing in missions <clears throat> right now. Um, as, as even as you guys are going into Colombia and just ways that someone could help. Absolutely. Maybe it's by giving, mm-hmm. um, obviously how they could pray for you guys. And then we'll go ahead in the bottom and, and we'll share the link, share with them how they could give, share with them how they could get involved. Maybe there's an Instagram page, whatever it is. And in the bottom in our description, we'll go ahead and, and we'll, we'll put all those links. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah well, um, Hands of God Missions, it's led by a group of us. And it's, you know, uh, um, some of us are pastors, you know, mm-hmm. Pastor Leo, Pastor Regal, myself, <laughs> um, Jeanette, and, you know, Natasha. And it's just a team of us that we kind of see where the need is. We, we pray and ask God to lead us. But when we go to these places, we go with resources mm-hmm. and we go with, the team of the church that wants to help. And we go and just serve the country. We serve our sister churches or where there's a need. Um, and what's great about it is that not only we do it internationally, but we also do it here, right here in Miami. Um, there's also ways to get involved when we do outreaches. We do outreaches in Homestead. We do outreaches at the church. Um, and anyone can come. You don't have to be from the church. You just can come and serve with us. And I think it's a way also to kind of feel useful and feel like you're doing something that has a higher calling than yourself and the way you can also donate financially to hands of god missions we have a facebook page an instagram page and like right now we're needing some resources to finish buying medication and we're going to be going and serving those people in need that have little access to medicine and medical resources we're going to go into the prisons. We'll be in a prison that's like the highest, um, I think it's the highest level of prison in Colombia. Wow. And they have more than 2,000 inmates in mm. that prison. Yeah. So we'll be there for three or four days because we can't share the gospel with them every all at once. So we're breaking it up right. into portions. We're going to be in a female prison also. We're going to be in a few elders' home. We're going to go to some schools of children that are have a difficult background and very you know impoverished communities so we're hoping to go and just be able to share the gospel with them and help we have a church there we want to go help them also encourage them that they're not alone yeah because they also need to know that the council's there there's a family of brothers and sisters that can help them yeah so on facebook on instagram all you have to type is hands Hands of of God god missions missions hands of god missions go ahead follow um, Absolutely. And, and see what's going on. And also, the website is 
It's www.handsofgodmissions.com. Yeah, so handsofgodmissions.com. It's also in the bottom of the link. Yep. Um, check us out there. Give there um, because yeah, they need help. And, yes. and that's what it takes. So as we close up, is there any last thought or anything that you want to share? Maybe on missions or, or just a last thought on some of the things that we've discussed here um, regarding the call of God or, or wow. missions? I can just say that there's challenges when you serve the Lord and you say yes, but there's also great blessings. Yeah. Um, the greatest, you know, the greatest satisfaction that I've had um, when I look back and say, was it worth it? It's been 19 years now since mm -hmm. we went into full-time ministry. We left our career behind. Now can I say, was it worth it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I would do it again, 110%. Why didn't I not do it sooner? Because the truth is that what God has given us is so much bigger. And I'm not talking about financially. I'm talking about his blessing, his satisfaction, how I've come to see people transformed for his kingdom. How does, when you go to a place like this and someone's life gets changed because you were able to share the gospel mm -hmm. in Honduras, yes, we had great challenges, but today we have more churches than when we got there we have a medical clinic that's functioning Amazing. we have a training kitchen for moms to learn how to cook and provide for the kids yeah we have 350 children that gets fed every week because there's a kitchen that's we went and sacrificed and yep. said here i am lord send me and so when you look at that you're like it's worth it it's worth every single effort yeah. sacrifice every tear that was shed um i do not regret a minute of me serving the lord and Amen. to see to be able to do it with my husband and my daughters and make it our life um i guess our life purpose just to yeah. serve him you know yeah. and do it as a family um it's the greatest joy there is there's nothing better than that that's good you know Wanda, we we um we truly appreciate uh your family Thank and you. um the heart of your family and your ministry the ministry of your family um just whenever you guys are in a room you guys light up a room and and you know it's just you guys are special your hearts are special your service unto the lord and to god's people is just special Thank and you. i just wanted to encourage you you know encourage oh. you because what you and edgar do has um it's not just planting seeds but we've seen the fruit of it already mm -hmm. and we're seeing it and we're, and we're just so grateful so um, from Miami all the way in Puerto Rico like we see it and we notice it and that's why we wanted you to be on we're just so grateful for you, you. and we're grateful for Edgar we're grateful for your girls um, because of the calling and because of the yes and um, and just to see what God's done in you guys and what he's going to continue because you guys are not Amen. done no so we, we're so, yeah. expecting greater things. greater things we're waiting the for better days. yeah the good, the good old days. days we're expecting it. we're yeah. living it so the good the, 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 the good old days they were good but there's good new days and, yes, and, and good so new we're, days. we're excited to see the good new days absolutely continuing to in, uh, unfold in your Amen. life in edgar's life and the girls Amen. so just thank you thank you for being here thank you for saying yes well, to thank even you. this. Thank you for having me. Thank yes. you. It's been an honor to be able to share yeah. a little bit of what God has done Absolutely. to him, all the glory. And thank you. Thank you for the awesome. opportunity. We appreciate you. So guys, again, make sure that you uh, comment. It's not too late to comment or share, share this podcast, this video with whoever you can. Maybe it's someone that God is calling and you've known that or someone that needs to hear one of these stories and you know it's going to bless them. Make sure you share it. 
like, subscribe, do all the things that you have to do. But very important, make sure you follow Hands Amen. of God Missions. Um, go also to the link, and there you could give. So we thank you. Thanks again for the good new days.